It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. All right. Hey, what's up, everyone? The Masters is always a great weekend of golf. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. I mean, I had it on pretty much 24-7, and uh, it was fantastic. I mean, I just I just love watching the Masters, and I think it's a great time for the family to come together and, 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 and watch the game, and I think there's just so much excitement going on around that. Do you ever wonder what it takes to make it onto the LPGA or the PGA Tour? Well... This week, we have Alana Urell, who plays on the LPJ Tour and is from the same town I live in, Carlsbad, California. I had such a turbulent life now at that time, trying to figure out what to do without a parent. And I could have, I could have given it all up and said, you know, I just want to be a normal student. There's too much on my plate right now. I just need to, like, survive. <laughs> but... I actually, I dove more into golf and I took it more as an escape. And eventually that became part of part of me and the community, the golf community really embraced me. And I'm so thankful for this awesome community here in Carlsbad that took me in as a young golfer with a parent who's just passed away and no idea what is going on. I just love to hit the ball. <laughs> and. So that was really the spark that started my journey into playing better golf and possibly going to the LPGA Tour. Alana started playing golf at a young age and progressed over the years of junior golf and then went on to play for the University of Arkansas. She had her first professional win in her rookie year on the Symmetra Tour in 2019. And she has a heartwarming story to how she developed in the game of golf that led her all the way up to the LPGA Tour. Alana, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the Raising Golfers podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, this is cool. And just so you know, you are actually the first LPGA professional. Oh, I'm honored. Thank huh. you for having me. Yes, so I'm excited <laughs> for this. And you know, what's interesting, and you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is I think every child's like aspiring to be a good golfer, their dream is to become an LPGA tour professional or PGA tour professional. And here we have somebody on the podcast who's now living that and living that dream. And I think it's just going to be so cool to hear what you have to say about today. We're going to kind of go all the way back, though, to the beginning of mm-hmm. where you started. So so tell me, how did you get into the game of golf and how old were you when that happened? So I started golf at eight years old and I actually neither of my parents play golf, which is, I guess, an uncommon thing in the golf community. That is interesting. And I, uh, I got a free golf lesson coupon for my eighth birthday to like, you know, get a free golf lesson over at the Hodges. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know where that is, but yeah. Um, yeah. And I went and it was like a, a group thing with other kids and I had so much fun. I was like the last kid on the range trying to like hit into those baskets out there. Mm-hmm. And my parents knew from that point that golf was going to be something that I enjoyed and would continue to pursue. Wow. So that's, that's mm-hmm. crazy. And you know, what's interesting is like, Eight years old, getting into the game of golf, I think 
20, 30 years ago, that'd be considered early. But nowadays, like people are getting their children into the game of golf, like much sooner, because they think there's not enough time and all this stuff. And and here you are, like, you know, you start at eight, which is still early, but not Mm -hmm. three years old or four years old. And look how well you've progressed to the game. So I think that's a good I think that's a good thing for parents to realize is that there is still plenty of time, right? Definitely. Like, I feel like a lot of parents worry that they don't learn it early enough because golf is a very complex game. Mm -hmm. But I find that because I did other sports before I got into golf, I was really heavily into cross country and track that those kind of disciplines still carried over. And I didn't feel like golf was suffocating my life. Like I still Mm -hmm. felt like I had other abilities that I could transfer over to golf. So I mean, I, I agree. Like go- golf is a complex sport, but you don't have to start it at two years old. <laughs> right. No, I totally yeah. agree. And, and when, so after you took up golf, were you still continuing to play these other sports and for how long if you were? Yeah. By the time I got to about like 12 or 13, I was pretty much dedicated to golf because, mm. you know, golf takes up a lot of time and there's only so many hours after school that you can use. And so I decided to choose golf around that time and, and continue on with it. Well, I think that's a good age because I think at that point you can also make your own decisions of what it is you want to focus on and what what it is you want to do. And probably any earlier than that could potentially be too soon. Right. And so I think, I, I think that's very good. So during this process, you said your parents didn't play golf, but how involved were they with your golf? Like as far as, you know, maybe they were coming to tournaments or your practices, or did you have conversations? Tell me a little bit about the dynamic and relationship you had with your parents. Yeah. So I was very close to my mom and my mom really, she was the one that orchestrated the whole thing, put me into tournaments, um, made sure I was, you know, playing golf, you know, driving the cart and, you know, letting me run around. (laughs) And she was really the one that supported me in the very beginning to get me through the rough parts. You know, learning golf is not easy and you really do need someone to kind of say, you know, you should stay here for a little longer and, and work on that. Mm-hmm. And so she got me the right coaches and she pretty much almost every day after school. Cause you know, it was as often as I wanted to go and she would take me to the golf course and we would either play or we'd hit on the range or we'd chip. And it was like a really fun thing that, you know, I could be with my mom and, and we could, you know, hang out. It's like hanging out and having fun. Like that's what every kid wants. Right. For sure. Um, It never felt pressured. It never felt like, oh, this is turning into a job. It was always like lighthearted and fun. And I, yeah, it was just kind of what I did. (laughs) I, th- I mean, I think that's an important message, really, you know, for especially for parents listening and even some coaches, you know, and, and th- there is a length of time. And even even to this day, I think golf should still be fun for yourself and for myself. Right. But there's mm-hmm. a length of time where really the experience and the fun is the most important. It has to be at the forefront before results and tournaments and competition and pressure and all that kind of stuff, because you know, as you know, if you don't love it, like what, what's going to motivate you to want to come back the next day to actually do it more and practice more, play more. Right. True. And so yeah. it sounds like your, your, your mom, especially was a huge support system for you where, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. she was just there to spend time with you and allowed you to have fun doing what you did. And mm-hmm. obviously that's carried all the way to where you are today. Right. 
Totally. And I think an important thing that my mom could see in me early on was that I was I was always kind of a competitor. Like I really I wanted to get good so I could be in tournaments and compete and see how good I could do. And so she put me in situations where I was doing functional competitive work against myself before going out there. And that gave me a lot of confidence. I mean, not everybody is a is a competitive player, per se, when it comes to no, golf. it's true. So For it's sure. just whatever avenue gets you the most comfortable and can get you to practice the most. For sure. No, I think that's, uh, I think that's great. So, you know, looking back at your upbringing in golf, at what point did you have a dream or goal to maybe make it to the LPGA Tour? So this is kind of a, a long a long story because <laughs> um, when I was, of course, beginning golf, you're never like, oh my God, I'm going to be the best golfer in the world. I'm going to be like on tour. Maybe Tiger Woods thought that, but definitely <laughs> I feel like most people don't think that. Um, I always looked up to the girls on TV. It was just amazing to watch them play like Annika, which she was huge around the time that like I was born and like growing up and she was always like it's amazing shooting 50 59 it was like unbelievable mm -hmm. and michelle we was coming up in the ranks around the time when i was like getting better and it was just so fun to watch those girls and so when i'm starting out i'm not thinking oh i'm gonna be that <laughs> mm -hmm. but um so around 2009 end of 2009 my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer and she had to go through chemotherapy and stuff like that. And it was a stage four diagnosis, which meant she wasn't going to live very much longer. And of course, to my family and to me, absolutely devastating. And um, the important thing was that she was with me for the times that she could be. And she was always so strong and would still take me to the golf course whenever I wanted to go, even when she was, you know, fresh off chemo and you know, losing her hair and like frail. She was still out there with me. And I really, I always appreciated that. And I always treasure those memories of her. And by the time she had passed away at the end of 2010, I really, I had to decide what I wanted to do with golf. Cause obviously it's a sore spot. Grew up with my mom and I doing it together. And I had such a turbulent life now at that time trying to figure out what to do without a parent and I could have I could have given it all up and said you know I just want to be a normal student there's too much on my plate right now I just need to like survive <laughs> mm -hmm. but I actually I dove more into golf and I took it more as an escape and eventually that became part of part of me and the community the golf community really embraced me and I'm so thankful for this awesome community here in Carlsbad that took me in as a young golfer with a parent who's just passed away and no idea what is going on I just love to hit the ball <laughs> and so that was really the spark that started my journey into playing better golf and possibly going to the LPGA tour. And it was always, my mindset about it was that I just want to be a better person. I just want to be, I want to grow with this game and see how much I can learn and how much I can apply it to myself. And what is my, what is the outcome of, of being an amazing golfer for me? What does it look like? And so by the time I was 
probably junior, late junior year or senior year of college, that was when I was like, okay, this is actually really doable. I could actually go on tour. And it was mostly because I had I had absorbed so much learning. I had gone to a great school, University of Arkansas is a top 10 school in, in women's golf. Mm-hmm. And I, I had been going up in the NCAA rankings. And so all that gave me a lot of confidence. And then all the, the golf spoke for itself by the time I got to qualifying school and made my card. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, first of all, I mean, that's a heartwarming story, you know, and, and obviously it sounds like there was some, you know, very difficult times that you were going through. And I would say the positive thing and the message I kind of hear is that golf kind of gives everyone a different outlet in its own way. Right. And for you, mm-hmm. it was a good way for you to take a little bit off your mind of what was going on personally. Definitely. And it gave you motivation as well to carry on doing what you were doing and do it very well mm-hmm. to get you into college golf and now onto the LPGA tour, right? And yeah, definitely. I love what you said there as well about the community that was around you and mm-hmm. the support you had because I think community is everything. And oh, in totally. a situation like yours, <laughs> that is what basically is going to really make your experience not only just in golf but in life so much better. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you're very fortunate about being able to be part of that community and having everybody bring you in and, you know, you know, get oh, you yeah. to where that you are now. And I'm sure everybody's so proud that was that was working with you and around <laughs> you, right? That you've 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 oh, gotten yeah. to this point. And even if you hadn't gotten to this point, they would still be proud of what you had done, right? Because I mean I oh, looked totally. at your I looked at your college statistics and I, I looked at your your you know what you did and you know you you were a player and it's not easy to become <laughs> that type of golfer and it takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I just sounds like you you kind of fell into being an LPGA tour player not with this goal being eight years old to become one but it was kind of Mm -hmm. these stepping stones of things that happen in your golf but also things that happen in your life right and yeah i I think it's i think it's a very you know like i said it's a heartwarming story and i think it's it's also very fascinating to hear how people's journeys develop to where they get and everybody's is a little bit different isn't it yeah i agree it's like a multifaceted kind of journey it's like it took really the golf community me accepting golf into my life so wholeheartedly it wasn't anybody telling me what to do or telling me oh you have to become the best um it was yeah it was me owning it and the community and the resources really that made me a pro (laughs) that's 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 fascinating and and so you know you're in this community you obviously had some coaches that were working with you would mm-hmm. you say that were the coaches pushing you or were you pushing the coaches more? Well, I've been with my coach, Jason Puderbaugh, for 13 years. Is that right? Like, no way. Yeah, my mom was the one that set me up with him for some of like a few of my first golf lessons, like learning how to play golf. No and, way. Yeah, so I'm like one of the few people that has had a coach for as long as I have. And I've loved it because he knows, he knows my swing, he knows my head, and he knows what I need to get better. And having someone that's so involved in the game, in your game, I should say, is very helpful. And so I I don't know. He definitely has, has pushed me in all the right ways and given me goals that I need to achieve to feel like, you know, I get better. And I've always been the one to press into that, you know, lean into that and even go beyond that in some ways. Like he just caddied for me in the Kia Classic this year. And that's something that that he's, yeah, he's never been an LPGA caddy. He's never been a caddy 
for anybody really of my caliber, I should say. And um, I mean, it was a great learning experience. It was like amazing for us because we're on our home course. I've grown up here. Of course, there were no fans, but you know, being having that air of community and being able to like stay home and and sleep in your own bed and go to a course that you love. It was just like an amazing, amazing feeling. And having somebody that can really, that is like dedicated to you like that and knows you like that. I feel like that was a big thing for my coach. And he wouldn't tell me anything that wouldn't make me a better player. So, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. You know, that's, I mean, that's, I think that's great. And, you know, I think there's something to be said with staying with a person, whether it's your golf coach or, you know, whoever's helping you out with your game for quite a long time, because, you know, myself, I'm a golf coach and I know that one important thing is coach, coaching the person, not necessarily mm-hmm. always just coaching the player. And mm-hmm. it sounds like, like you said, he knows you so well. He knows you inside and out as far as your golf swing, your personality, everything, right? And there are mm-hmm. some people that jump around different coaches and they have success. But I do think there is something to be said mm-hmm. for having somebody alongside the entire journey for a length of time. Yeah, definitely. Like there is no one size fits all for any one player. And I think it's it's always good to like like you said, like focus on who they are, how they do their game, how they look at things helps so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're going to jump forward a little bit. The recruitment process to get into a college golf team is not really mm-hmm. an easy process. And I'm sure you can probably agree with that. Certainly not. Yeah. <laughs> Who helped you with that? And, you know, what was what was going on? You know, were there a lot of schools that were looking at you? Tell me a little bit about that, that, that process that led up to where you made the final decision to go to Arkansas. Yeah, I would say, I mean, yeah, the recruitment process was really hard, especially for me, who's a very shy person. It was hard for me to like reach out to coaches and be like, hey, like I'm interested. And college always seemed like a far off thing. Like being able to play college golf for me was like, the coolest thing ever. Like, oh, I can, I get to go to college and sometimes they'll pay me to play golf and my school and ugh, it's just amazing. And so um, I would say that my recruitment process was different than most people's because I actually wasn't, I was a late bloomer. So I didn't get recruited as heavily as some of the top players. Like I wasn't recruited really by like UCLA or USC or Stanford. Um, but I was recruited by like San Diego state and UNLV and, um, kind of these like mid tier, uh, schools, great programs, great coaches, great people. Um, and I, I thought that was kind of like where my game was at. By the time I got to senior year, I still hadn't committed to a college and that's very late in the recruitment process. Like most top players will get recruited and verbally accepted into a college by like freshman or sophomore year, which to me is crazy because I see those kids now and I'm like, oh my God, you're a child. How can you decide where you're going to go to college? You know, like, how do you even know what you want or anything? So to me, it's crazy. But you know, that's when they, that's when they verbally commit. And so for me to be a senior in college and still not have a place to go was a little bit scary. (laughs) But I had a friend who actually it was, this is a golf community story, I guess. My dad was friends with a mom whose daughter went to University of Arkansas. Her name was Emily Tuber and she was their number one player around the time I was a a senior in high school, which was, I guess, 2014. And um, she 
obviously she knows Shauna, the head coach of Arkansas, very well because she's on their team. <laughs> and Shauna's always looking for great players when she's going out and recruiting. And so she relies heavily on the opinions of her team members. Shauna's very team oriented, wants a good little community to grow the game of golf without there being any drama. And so when Emily Tubert suggested me as one of the players to look, look for when I'm at a tournament, then she specifically came out and watched me at one of my late tournaments. I think I played the Arizona Silver Bell. I don't even know if it's still a tournament, but it's like, it's a tournament that happens every year around Christmas time in, in Arizona. And um, I had gone to it since I was probably 13. And I'm now, I was now 17 getting recruited by um, Shauna, the head coach. And um, she came out and watched me. And the first thing she looks for in a player is, is attitude. Like if I miss a putt, how do I handle it? And she wants to see that I have, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be out there. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a good player is kind of like a side thing. It's mostly like, are, are you a mentally strong player? Can you mm -hmm. handle the downs? Can you, can you, you know, grind through a bogey and that, yeah, I mean, I, checked all the boxes. She sent me an email and she said, Hey, we're interested. Would you mind coming out for a visit? And I was over the moon, super excited. <laughs> Cause I, I mean, to be recruited by a top 10 school like that was amazing. And then to go to Arkansas and see the campus, see the, see the community there, the team, the coaches were just amazing and supportive. It was like everything that I really needed as a, as a person who not only was a good player and wanted to be better, but as a, as a child that had lost a parent. That's so cool. So you, you obviously you, you're at this, you're, you're at the university of Arkansas, you know, and, and the message here is so important. It's not just this linear line that everybody goes on. It's like, Oh, you're a great player, freshman year high school. You're getting recruited early on. You get to a top university division mm -hmm. one school to play and you know you compete and you have so much success in your college. It's not like that, right? And I think everybody thinks no. that that's how it is, right? And it's okay yeah. to be recruited later on in the process if you're not mm -hmm. recruited early on in your high school years. And I think a lot of us need to remember that as adults when we're assisting young players that want to play college golf. And I think I, I just think that's a huge message what you said there, and it, it's and it's mm -hmm. realistic. And from the college golfers that I've spoken to, their stories. They're, they're, some of them are similar and some of them are different. And I think all of them is mm -hmm. okay, but there's no rush, I don't think. And there, there's a bit of rush at some point, but there's not this huge rush early on to just, you know, try to get your your child into college golf too early. And again, you Definitely. can develop, you know, you probably look back at your freshman year golf scores and your senior year golf scores and like, oh there's probably a big difference, right? And then you can probably say totally. the same thing for college golf, right? Your freshman year college golf to your senior year college golf, you, you know, you probably learned so many things over those years, right? Oh, definitely. Like, I remember when I in 2019 when I won the Symmetra Tour tournament in Florida and it was my first ever professional event and I had won and there's what do they call it? what's the tournament tour here San Diego Junior Golf I'm gonna say I they pulled up a old um leaderboard from when I played Junior Worlds here at Torrey Pines okay, and I shot uh -huh. something stupid I mean I was like 13 and I shot 
I don't know, 28 over for two days or something at Torrey Pines. And they were like, yeah, everybody starts somewhere. And it's like, sure enough. Yeah. Like I was 13, didn't know what I was doing. It was probably super hard because it's Torrey Pines and Mm -hmm. I shot 23 over for the (laughs) tournament and I'm now a professional and I'm shooting, you know, six under or whatever. Right. Right. And that's amazing. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's crazy. And, 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 you know, and that's all happened in like, you know, a 10 year, you know, time frame right or less than 10 year time frame Definitely. it's just crazy right it's just crazy how it much, is crazy to think about you know? <laughs> yeah it's crazy to think about that so i mean and you had a lot of success in your college career so mm-hmm. then at the end of your college career I'm, I'm curious how did you get your lpga tour card like what was that about i noticed that you've done some travel you mentioned china i lived in china yep. for a while so i'm curious to hear a little bit you know what was that journey from after college to then to the lpga tour Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, so the LPGA Tour qualifying is done in three stages. And the first stage is in um, Palm Springs, and we play the Mission Hills course, courses, I should say, the Pete Dye course and the Dinosaur course. And then we also play Shadow Ridge, which is, I guess, a Marriott Resort course. And it's a four-day event, and um, they cut to, I think it's like 100 or so players, And then they move on to stage two. Stage two is in Florida. And that's another four-day event. They cut it down. That's probably the most significant cut down of all the um, stages. But uh, yeah, for me, stage two is probably the hardest. (laughs) And I think they cut it down to probably 40 out of like however many people are there. And then they move on to stage three, which is usually done in Pinehurst. This year, they don't know what they're going to do. But it's a two-week event, and it's basically like two tournaments in a row. And we play course course six and seven, six and nine. It's It depends on, you know, the year. But when I first made my tour card in 2018 fall, which I was fresh out of college, we played courses six and seven, I believe. And I ended up 10th out of everybody. And I think it was like top 10 gets a, a standard LPGA tour card. So I had, I had just made it. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. It you went through all stressful. of that. I yeah. It was holy moly. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It was stressful, but I mean, in the moment when you're doing things like that, you really, you just got to take it one shot at a time. You can't be thinking like, Oh my God, this is for the rest of my life. This is for next year's professional career. This is for X, Y, and Z. I've worked so hard for this. Like you can't really think about that stuff. You really, in fact, I feel like being more grateful in those moments to be like, okay, I've made it this far. Let's focus on what I can control. That, that really got me through the tough times. And you know, I, if I made a bogey, I'm not like, oh, this is the end. <laughs> Cause there's always birdies <laughs> out there. There's always opportunities. And um, yeah, so that was, that was my qualifying experience. I luckily, got my tour card right out of college and played for the 2019 year. And for 2019 as a rookie, I didn't play every single event. Like I didn't get into all the majors, unfortunately, but um, I did play. I've traveled to a ton of places. (laughs) I've gone to um, Australia was probably the coolest. I've gone to France. I've gone to China. I've gone to, I've gone to Canada and all are beautiful places. And mm. um, yeah. Where in China did you work? We went to, um, 
I'm going to get this wrong because it was so long ago, but it, I think it's like the island right off of China. It's oh, like yeah. Hainan. Blue Bay. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's Hainan it. and Sanya. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very nice down and there. It's like it's like the Hawaii of China. Yes. Yes, it <laughs> it's is. It's really cool. Yes. And um, yeah, that was nice. And I really liked Australia, too. I mean, it's a lot like San Diego golf. It's kind of like beachy and, and cool and. Um, I went to Adelaide and it was played Adelaide country club and yeah, it's, I mean, I'm great, grateful to have gone to all these places and played all these amazing courses and played against like 150 of the top girls in the world, Mm -hmm. (laughs) girls that I looked up to. That was a big learning curve. There was, you know, now that I'm on tour and my game is good enough to compete against these girls. I'm also competing against girls that I've looked up to like Mm Stacy Lewis and, um, Michelle Wee and um, Brittany Lincecum, all those mm-hmm. all those girls that I looked up to, Paula Creamer. It's just like it's jarring, <laughs> but you you get over it, I guess, because you you have to. Yeah, that was something that was uh, crazy. I mean, you could like walk up to them on the range as an equal and be like, "Hey, like I've looked up to you since I was ten years old. Now I'm playing against you. This is insane." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've looked up to you for yeah. since I was ten, and now I want to kick your butt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yep, exactly. No, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's that's cool, and, and and I'm sure you've, you know, what's really cool about this journey you've been on, and anybody that kind of goes through this, especially in the game of golf, is that there's always a learning curve. You know, you get to high school golf, mm-hmm. there's a learning curve. You get to college golf, there's a learning curve. If you're, you know, as fortunate as somebody like yourself, you get to the LPGA tour, there's another learning curve, right? And mm-hmm you're constantly developing yourself and, you know, improving your skills, whether it's your golf skills, your mental skills, you know, your demeanor, all of these things are, are constantly changing. And now you're on the mm-hmm. LPGA tour. I mean, you have to adapt to different time zones. You got to adapt to different cultures, you know, Definitely. all of these things are, are learning curves. And I think sometimes people forget how much more they, uh, you have to be prepared to play competitive golf beyond just competitive golf, right? There's just, there's so Absolutely, many other things that, yeah. that go on around that, that you have to be, you know, you have to be just so adaptive to, which is cool. And it sounds like you've done that. So here, here's my question for you now. Okay. You know, look into where you've gotten so far, um, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. What are your goals now for the LPJ tour? That's a great question. It's a very complex, multifaceted journey that this golf game is. Cause now it's like my life, my job. And I live and breathe golf these days. And so I think my number one goal right now in terms of maintaining a happy and healthy life is finding balance between golf and being me and doing things that, you know, make me feel like I'm mentally in a good place and taking care of myself and seeing my family and and everything. Because traveling can be hard in that sense where, you know, you're gone for eight to 12 weeks, six months out of the year, whatever. And Mm -hmm. you don't get to see your family for the big moments. And so it's finding a good balance. It would probably be my first goal in terms of, uh, terms of my life and a personal goal. Um, in terms of my golf game, I would say, um, I mean, just making my statistics like a little bit better and every, in every category that would be something that I could measure and and do in my in in the year um and then I guess now that I've seen every course for the first time 
because in 2019, that was my rookie year. I got to see all the courses and that's a big learning curve in itself. And also knowing how to travel and, you know, what hotels to stay in, what rental cars to get, what air, airport are you going to fly into? What, what time are you going to get in? What time are you going to leave? Like stuff like that. Once I had learned all that and now I was supposed to apply it in 2020, of course, COVID hit. <laughs> But now I feel like in 2021, I finally got my feet on the ground and I, I think I'm able to apply those things and feel more like I'm in a routine. Getting a routine is probably a good goal of mine too. Um, and then like, you know, just have fun. I want to make the majors. I want to play in the majors. I want to, uh, I want to win a tournament. I, I, I want to go big, like long-term goals. <laughs> um, and I really do think I can do it. It, it just takes little baby steps like we were talking about. 100%. And it may not be pretty. It may, maybe I'll take a misstep and do something wrong. But in the end, you kind of like figure it out and you keep going. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I totally agree. I mean, I even had I had an episode on here with another golf coach and the whole episode was called Failure is a Feature, not oh, like totally. to be scared of failure, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's kind of a bold statement. But what, what we're trying to get to is like, there's you're going to make mistakes. There's going to be ups and downs. But you have mm-hmm. to actually see what the positives that comes from that. And that's exactly what you were basically saying mm-hmm. to then take that to the next level, to the next step, to the next goal, but they're baby steps as they go along. Right. And that improvement yeah. line is not this linear line going upward. Right. We talked about earlier, it's got us ups and downs, but if you keep that mindset and the process in mind, you know, you're going to be making those small steps going up that, up the path to where you want to get. And that's cool. I love that. So, yeah. You've had you've shared such an amazing story and journey to where you are. I'm extremely impressed on what you've done with your just your whole upbringing in golf to where you are now. If people wanted to follow you and and you know find out more about what you're doing and and all of your travels, where, where would be the best place people could follow follow you? Well, um, I am on the LPGA website. You can just see you can just follow me on any leaderboard during the week and I'll usually be there. <laughs> I play most tournaments. Great. Um but if you're looking for uh getting to know me more, I am on Instagram at Alana underscore Urel. And I am not super great at posting because I'm usually busy. <laughs> right. Fair enough. But um when I do post, you know, you'll see where I am and what I do and you know how much of a total dork I am, and so you know I think I think it's a fun thing <laughs> if you're looking to follow somebody. That's cool, great. I think, yeah. I'll, and I'll share that in the show notes as well. So, uh, Alana, before I let you go, because you you've you've really um, you've inspired me as a parent and as a golf coach, and I think the listeners as well. I think they're going to be very inspired by everything that you have done, and there's a lot of things that we can all take away. But before we go. I've got one last question for you is what would be your final piece of advice for inspiration and raising golfers? I would say always say yes to opportunity. So I, as a kid, I've always been shy and golf is really, sorry, golf is really a a social sport. Like, you know, when you go out and you play, you want to play against other people. You want to, um, you want to laugh with friends. You want to do things like that. And as a shy person, I was always afraid to compete against people that were better than me. I was always afraid to like go out of my comfort zone in, in that kind of way. And so my philosophy from a very early age was that, well, if I just say yes and I make myself do it, then 
you learn so much. You feel so much better after doing it. You're like, oh, okay, that was, I overcame so much. Even if you totally failed, like, it, it's, you learn so much in those. There's, that's so invaluable that you take it on to the next thing and, and you keep, you keep getting better. So, you know, if you make it into a tournament or something and you're like, oh my God, this is such a big tournament. I don't know if I can play in it or if I'll play well, just say yes and just go. And, you know, you'll take it moment by moment and do as well as you can. And let's say like, uh, you get invited to play in a really tough skins game and you're like, Oh, I'm going to lose so much money. I don't want to play or it's at six in the morning or something. I don't want to get up. Just, just say yes and, and go do it. Like you learn so much and you never know. It might be like an amazing experience for you too. Like you might make a new friend. You might figure out something, a good feel in your swing. And, um, and yeah, just, you know, if you just say yes and go along with it, things usually work out. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I, th- I think that's a great piece of advice and a great thing to leave us with there. I mean, it, and it's so true. And I think just getting out there and like you said, going back to making mistakes or, or having the mindset to just think, you know, it's okay if I make a mistake. It's okay if I feel a little nervous, right? Because yeah. that's going to build your character and build who you are and get you to maybe where you want to go. So I think that was a great message you shared there. So Alana, yeah. I wish you the best of luck with your future. I thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. And I know that sure. everybody's going to take so much away from what you what you shared today. So thank you again for coming on. Thanks, Travis. I had fun. Me and too. Best of luck to all the parents out there. It is a tough journey. Golf will kick your butt. <laughs> but it's 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 really it grows you in so many good ways. So wish best best of luck. Thank you so much. Alana Urell, LPGA Tour player, had so much gold to share with us all. I had a few takeaways from this interview. The first one is it's never too early or too late to start. She started when she was eight years old and look where she is today. If you haven't introduced golf to your child yet, what are you waiting for? Get out there and have some fun. The second thing is, is I like how she has stuck with her same golf coach since the beginning. I believe the relationship they've built over the years has been tremendous and sure that has helped Alana grow along the way. And then the last thing is, is that your goal doesn't have to be to play on the LPGA or PGA Tour. Take this game step by step and join it all along the way and make sure that you and everyone around you is having fun. Have a great week, everyone. We will see you next week. If you enjoy listening to our podcast and the information you got from this episode, do us a favor and continue to support us by hitting that subscribe button and giving us a five-star review. Your continued support will help us continue to grow and be able to interview some of the most experienced parents, coaches, and players in the golf industry to help you continue to raise your golfer to their full potential.